Blog Talk Radio. beautiful storm night here in Los Angeles, California, and I am broadcasting live from the world or the home of the world's slowest Wi-Fi. This is The Ruckus. I'm your host, DeAndre LaBeouf. I will be joined shortly by co-host Ryan Bivens, and we have another fun-filled, guest-filled, information-filled installment for you this week. Uh, We have a lot to cover. Of course, we'll be updating this past weekend's cards headlined by Terrence Crawford and Ray Beltran here on Stateside, and of course, we saw Tyson Fury once again defeat Eric Chisora across the pond, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We have tons of guests tonight, fresh off his victory on the St. Terrence Crawford Ray Beltran card. We have Mike Yes and Dee Reed, top ring prospects. He'll be joining us at about 7.30. We'll also be joined by future Hall of Famer El Magnifico Israel Vasquez. Great, great honor to have him on the show tonight, who will also be joining him, his prospects. Oscar Godoy, who will be fighting on the Khan Alexander undercard, and also uh, another prospect of his who will be fighting Carlos Macho Lopez. He'll also be joining us tonight. We'll be recapping, or we'll be looking to the week ahead. A lot of fight action happening this week. Gabe Rosado will be fighting uh, David Lemieux, so we'll talk a little about that, that card. Today I went to the Abner Mares victor Ortiz open media workout here in Los Angeles. So, you know, a lot to a lot to cover. The shows keep getting more and more filled, but boxing is real active. We're gonna close out the year strong. Uh next week I'll be going to Vegas for one of the fight cards. Which one? I don't know. That's what happens when you have two fight cards on one night. Maybe I'll be watching an HBO card, maybe I'll be watching a Showtime card. We'll just see which one sends the credential first. Excuse me. So Ryan will be joining us shortly, but until he joins us, you have me. And if you're here, I'm sure you're okay with that. Um, when he calls in, we'll probably start off talking a little bit about the uh, Crawford versus uh, Beltran card. I know a lot of our regular listeners are huge fans of Terrence Crawford. And at the same time, much respect to Ray Beltran. Definitely a tough, battle-tested opponent, not a walkover opponent, a good fight for Crawford. But Crawford performed on an elite level in front of the hometown crowd there in Omaha, Nebraska. It's been really amazing to see his hometown turn out and really embrace him and support his career and developing him the right way, you know, taking on strong opponents. And so it's been quite a ride watching him begin his rise to prominence. Uh, Also on the card, Evgeny Gradovich versus Jason Velez, not the outing that I expected. It was a little lackluster to begin with for Gradovich. I expected him to be a lot more aggressive early in the round. He was very slow to get started. But and they fought to a draw, as we predicted, or as I predicted, uh, in my timeline that night. Earlier in the week when uh, Ryan did our show previously, I predicted uh, Gradovich to win by knockout. But it did, that did not come to fruition, so... Time marches on for him. And, of course, Mike Reed definitely beginning to make his mark at 140. As we know, 
Terrence Crawford announced that this would be his last fight at 135. He'll be moving up to 140. Could my, he and Mike Reed be headed for a collision course? I don't know. That remains to be seen. At any rate, lots of good fighters on the horizon, and I look forward to seeing how all of it develops. One thing I do want to talk about tonight, oh, if you want to call in during the show, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. If you're listening to the show tonight, you have the opportunity to call in when Israel Vasquez and company are on the call. Are on the call. You'll have the opportunity to win a signed glove by El Magnifico, so that's great, and also or a signed T-shirt or a signed poster. We'll be selecting people at random people randomly to win these items. Fantastic thing, and in time for Christmas, you know. You can win it, you can keep it for yourself, or you can keep it to the boxing fan in your life. I'm sure they'll appreciate it greatly because El Magnifico is definitely headed to the Hall of Fame in the future. One thing I will get into tonight, and I'd like to have some people call in. Once again, the number is 718-508-9852. I want to talk about this debacle with Mickey Rourke. I mean, you know, Granted, we knew we knew this wasn't going to be a legit fight, but if you haven't seen the story, I posted it on BadCulture.net uh, this week. It was based off a story off of the Daily News in the UK that a that the wild card gym or the coordinators of this fight for Mickey Ward, a non-sanctioned fight, actually paid a homeless man with mental issues to take a dive during the course of the fight. That is atrocious. That is atrocious. I mean, I guess that Mickey work wanted to fight on a car. If you want to look good, build a movie. Set the movie in Moscow. You know, I was all for the, I mean, the whole idea of a 62-year-old man climbing in a ring was, you know, compelling. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't one of those people. I, You know, I had some snarky comments to make about it, but I never said I wasn't going to watch. But to find out that the ending is what it is, it's just, just utter nonsense and, you know, just more black eyes to add on to the sport of boxing. So, you know, I'd like to hear some of your opinions about that. And let's see, any other eyebrow-raising news this week? Nothing too too crazy. It seems pretty quiet, just getting busy to close out the boxing, the boxing year. We're already into December, and the year is going to end strong. We have these dueling cards happening on December 13th. Of course, we have the Fox Sports card this week, which we'll talk about because uh, Israel Vasquez's fighter, Carlos Lopez, will be fighting on that card on Fox Sports 1. Uh, received notification, um, the folks in Texas, Leha Vita, are going to be putting on a Christmas card down there. Just a lot of lot of fight action uh, to keep us busy. Let's see. Hmm, what else is going on in the world of boxing? Like I said, I went today to the Del Mar's boxing gym in Belvardens today to check out Abner Mares and Victor Ortiz, who will be fighting on the undercard of Khan Alexander on December 13th at the MGM Grand. I must say, Victor Ortiz, but it's never really a question of him coming in shape. Victor Ortiz looked great. You know, answered questions from the media, said he still has the hunger. Um, one of the compelling things he said today was, during his time, as you may or may not know, he's now training with Joel Ortiz down in India, who, of course, trains a former WBO welterweight champion, Tim Bradley. He's been spending his time in India down there training in preparation for this fight. Uh, he said during the Thanksgiving holidays he didn't return home for very long, of course, didn't gorge in the eating, and just spent 
his time really, really immersed in camp and just anxious to get back in the ring. At this point for Victor Ortiz, I believe it's a must-win situation for him, and we shall see how he performs. I can't recall who he's fighting uh, on December 13th, but he's in shape. He looks great. He says that he's ready. And so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him in the ring. Abner Mares, of course, is no longer training with uh, Virgil Hunter. He will be also fighting on December 13th. Looked his normal weight, but with the smaller weight divisions, you can never be sure. Victor Ortiz was more than happy to peel out of his clothing, you know, for the Photox today. But Abner Mares kept on lots and lots of layers. So it was kind of hard to gauge where he is weight-wise as we head towards uh, December 13th, 11 days away. He didn't seem like he's that far off weight. He looks like he, he looked pretty good. I'm sure weight shouldn't be an issue, but that remains to be seen. Uh, so why don't we take a quick break, and when we get back, uh, I'll be joined by Ryan, and we'll start talking about the, the weekend's fight card. I think this is my co-host. Is this my co-host? Yep, yep. I didn't think I had one. We at the 11-minute mark of the broadcast. <laughs> I was like, man, what are you over there eating have... this salisbury steak? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Just some chicken and rice, but um, I didn't start until, like, really late. So. Unacceptable. I. I spent the night at LA Fitness, so um, I didn't get back home till like after nine thirty. Uh, we have listeners who are just hungry to hear from Macho Biven. You being joined by another Macho tonight? I don't know. I might have to dethrone you and get this new Macho to uh, to stay on the desk. Our, our guest, <laughs> you know, our guest who is. Uh, trained by Israel Vasquez, Carlos Lopez. He is Carlos Macho Lopez, and he's a middleweight. So I don't know. I might have to substitute one macho for the other macho. I don't know. All right. We'll see what he got later on. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, shoot. Let's talk about, since you are now here, let us talk about this part this weekend. Uh, Mike Reed is going to be joining us at about 730. So let's talk about this card in Omaha, Nebraska. Terrence Crawford, Handily, handily, handily to see Ray Beltran with, with zero problems. I didn't predict I predicted Crawford would win by stoppage, but I did not expect for Beltran to be as neutralized as he was during the course of action. What did this card play out? What did you think of Beltran's performance and is Terrence Crawford the two thousand fourteen fighter of the year? Um Crawford probably 
the fighter of the year. Um, Beltran, uh, you know, he just he couldn't really get set to punch. Crawford's movement was outstanding, and you know when when Beltran did get close, Crawford could punch with him. But Crawford, you know, came in the ring, the bigger guy, um, and uh, you know he just I thought he was too strong for for Beltran to fight. Beltran's kind of fight, you know, because um, being the stronger guy is kind of key to to Beltran's fighting style, and that just wasn't working with Crawford. With Terrence Crawford, you know, great movement, worked behind the jab, worked the jab very, very well. Looking now, he made it very clear that this was his last fight at 135. This is it. You know, we don't want him to go the same route as Michael Jackson, rest in peace. But he said, this is it. At 135, he's moving up to 140. 140, a lot of names at 140. Uh, Danny Garcia's at 140. Uh, a lot of Broner's at 140. Got a lot of folks uh, hanging around at 140. Broner moved up to 140 before when it looked like he was on a collision course with Crawford when he was fighting on HBO. But then he went up to 140 and 147 and went over to Showtime. Could be to ultimately be on a collision course again. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, when it comes what to Adrian Broner, come on, it's, it's age. I, I just I don't have the same kind of um, faith in Adrian Broner as as, as as a superstar as a lot of people do. To me, he's just a guy with a big mouth who's, you know, um, middle of the road. Okay, well, how about uh, Danny Garcia or Lamont Peterson? Yeah, those those fights are more interesting to me. Which of the two is the most compelling to you? Oh, Danny Garcia, for sure. If you could do your mythical matchup right now based on the Crawford jab and Danny Garcia's hodgepodge mixed bag of being able to put lots of different types of combinations and punches together, who do you favor based on their most recent performances? Well, they both look really good in their last fights. Um so it's it's, it's kind of hard to judge there. Um, I, I think Crawford definitely fought the better opponent of the two. Well, not so much better as you know overall boxing's you know ability, but um, you know Beltran had had the size. You know, Saka is just it was too small for the weight class. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know they're one and one as an amateur. Um, Danny thinks he should have won both times. Um, you know, who knows, man? Danny might have his number, but I mean, uh, the if you didn't know their history or you know any kind of thing like that, you, you probably have to favor Crawford. Mm-hmm. Do you think Danny Garcia is even going to fight at 140? He fought Selka at 142, and you know they're <laughs> right. kind of toying, toying with the idea of Danny Garcia moving up to 147. So if it's even feasible to have that discussion, we don't even know what Danny is going to fight at. Yeah, you I live in Danny, Philly. What's the, what's the word around Philly? Danny moving up or not? He's moving up, but I think he has one more fight at 140, like a unification fight, where, you know, since they, they stripped out Jerry, um, he might even be able to fight for that WBO belt, too. He might be able to unify, you know, all four belts, because I know he really, he would like to do that. So if they give him the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that, you know, I'm sure he'll go for it. And then once it's done, he'll 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 leave the division. 
Well, we'll see how that happens because we know uh, over on the HBO side of town, that's where we see most of the WBO competitions happening, and they like to hoard WBO belts over there like nuts for the winter. The last <laughs> non-HBO person that we saw over the only, was is is uh, Kid Chocolate was the last right. non non HBO WBO titleist. Who who is the WBO? Well, they're based out of Puerto Rico. Oh, Algeria. So, oh, well, hey, I'm coming home. Are we going to get another Danny Garcia (laughs) Puerto Rican homecoming for the WBO title? I don't know. Can't can't rule it out. Can't rule it out indeed. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe he got his Rosetta Stone together over this time, and we'll see a different version of the the the, uh, Puerto Rican home. Homecoming, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We don't even. Uh, Danny Garcia. We haven't heard any anything, any grumblings, no mentions, no rumors, no nothing of of fight. I mean, he's been out. You see him at fights and things. I've seen him here in L.A. at a fight. I've seen him in Vegas at a fight. But you know, with certain fighters, you hear certain rumors about possible. Matchups and grumblings and things. It's been cricket, cricket, cricket yeah. when it comes to Danny Garcia. Is he? We know well, I think you know they, they, they were trying to set up that you know Lamont Peterson fight, and Lamont Peterson mm-hmm. just wasn't all that interesting to him. Um, but hey, you know if if they could throw in that, you know Lamont has the IBF belt, so WO is vacant. If they can throw that vacant title in there too, that that might be enough to to push him over the edge to to fight Lamont. But, you know, uh, I don't know if either one of those guys is rated by the WBO, so I'd have to check their ratings. But, hey, um, with the money that the fight would generate, I'm sure the WBO would rate them immediately, <laughs> if necessary. Right. Yeah, neither of them are rated by the WBO. You mean you don't want to see that Ron Selka rematch? <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't want to see that Selka rematch? Who did uh, Salka fight this like uh, Meza something? Clay. Oh yeah, uh, my team is the Clay. Yeah, yeah. the uh, Mike, my, my Iron Mike Productions fighter. That was a good fight. Um, Salka, Salka, he, he's good lightweight. You know, he just needs to stay at lightweight. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he don't need to be fighting these big guys because as, as a lightweight, right. you know, he he's competitive with um, you know, I would say the best in the division. Mhm. Mhm. And he's pretty good in the corner, too. Who was he with corner coaching? Uh, the guy from Philly. Wasn't he corner coaching somebody from Philly? Working the corner for somebody? Um, I can't think of it right now, but he was pretty decent in the corner. But at, at any rate, that's getting way off topic. So let's talk about uh, the co-featured event, Evgeny Gradovich versus Jason Velez. Fought to a draw. I didn't predict a draw, but the night I was watching the fight, I scored it a draw. How did you score it? Um, I didn't officially score it, but from from watching it before the decision was announced, I said, you know, this is a pretty much a draw. Or you know, I, I could I could see them scoring as a draw. It was mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of fight where Velez was was touching them more, and. Uh, you know that they, they they weren't the most painful shots, but you know they were landing. And Gradovich, mm-hmm. you know, he just he was too slow to to come on in the fight. 
Like, he, he might have gave, what, like the first five rounds away or something. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I definitely thought he won the second half of the fight, but I think Vela's, you know, at least took, you know, a round or, or, or two in the back half. So, um, yeah, you know, it was a close fight. But um, you'd have to say that, you know, if they fought again, you, you would probably give the edge to, to Gradovich in a rematch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, look, I was look. just surprised. But look, Jason Velez, um, you know, he's a Puerto Rican fighter, and um, by Puerto Rican standards, mm-hmm. he is, um, you know, a hero right now because not too many people doing uh, Puerto Rico these days. No, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Peace to my girl Michelle Rosado, who also says she's If I had to rate their fighters pound for pound, what would it be? Well, I guess Miguel Cotto number one. Um, then the next person would be at like number five. <laughs> you'd have, <laughs> you'd you'd have, have to do Cotto. Yeah, you'd, you'd, no, you'd have to do Cotto at like, <coughs> name, excuse me, name five uh, MCs, Dylan, 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 Dylan. If you rank Puerto Rican fighters, you'd have to do like Cotto, 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 and then Velez, and then somebody else. No disrespect to my, my, my beautiful people, La Isla Bonita, but, you know, not so good right now in the ring for the Puerto Ricanos, the Boricuas. Ugh, not so good these days. I mean, uh, the one kid, you he uh, uh, what's the kid now that they are got all the hopes of the whole nation riding on his shoulder? Oh, yeah, yeah, Felix Verdejo. Felix Verdejo. Boy, that kid got a lot of pressure on him. He probably can't even walk the streets in Puerto Rico without people telling him, you got to bring it back, son. you got to bring back the prestige back to this beautiful island. He's right, got the whole island place on his shoulders. I got I got my top five pound for pound now. Okay, we got Miguel oh, Cotto, number one. Jose Pedraza, number two. Pedraza's okay. uh, number two because he, he's coming off that win over Michael Freenas, making him the, uh, the mandatory for the um, Rangers Barthelemy, you know, the IBF. Super featherweight champion. Um, number three, uh, I, I'm gonna go with Thomas Delorme until he loses to my man Hank Lundy, and then I'll have to move <laughs> okay. him down. But for for right now, he's number three. Um, mm-hmm. Then we'll go with uh, we'll go with McJoe Arroyo at four, and then Jason Vela is at five. Okay. Hold that thought. Let's see who this is calling us for the three four seven. You are on with the ruckus. Who am I speaking to? Yeah, you speaking to Big Mike from Brooklyn. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> What's Big, up, Big Mike? Mike. Big Mike said he's getting out the gate early because we've got too many damn people on this show tonight. Give it to us, Big Mike. I know you crunk. Give it to us. Um, um, I just I enjoyed you know Terrence Crawford's you know that that fight. I was nervous throughout the whole thing because. He was tagging him and then kept, um, Beltran was kept coming forward, coming forward, but he wasn't throwing. And, you know, I was, to be honest with you, in February when I co-hosted you, um, co-hosted with you, I said Terrence Crawford is going to be fighter of the year. So my pick right now is looking pretty good. So um, and I, um, basically him moving up to 140, I don't care who it is. I want to see Garcia or Peterson or Broner, which I know that's not going to happen with the politics and all. Vargas could get it. Um, Provodnikov could get it. Um, it. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I think you know he. He. I think he is a star. He did everything he was supposed to do this year. He went to Scotland. 
He um, he beat Cam- Gamboa, and now Beltran. I wish you would afford a Braille to Ryan's point. I know he tweeted about that. I wish you would afford um, a Braille. That's a fight that I really oh, yeah. wanted to see at one thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah, my I point to see with that, that was um, my point with that was people were crowning Crawford the lineal champion for beating Beltran, and to me, it's like. How is Belgian a clear number two in the division? Where um, uh, just recently, you know, Miguel Vasquez was number one, um, and then he got robbed. So by Mickey Bay, and that that moved him down. You know, wasn't fair, but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Brill, you know, he was inactive for a while, so he kind of fell out of the ratings. But um, then he came back. You know, he's still ain't nobody beat him recently. So uh, it, to me, it was like you know what what put what how do you put Belichick above these guys? So that didn't make sense to me that that was a lineal championship fight. I mean, I realized that the, there was a vacancy and whatnot, but even if you rate those guys in the top two, it's it's, it's not a clear top two. You can't you can't argue with me that Belichick was clearly better than you know everybody else in the division. Um, I, and, and if you made the people that rated him that high, you know, pick. Um, between Beltran and Vasquez or Beltran and Ebru in a fight, I guarantee you uh, most people would probably pick the uh, the Cuban and the uh, Mexican. Riddle me this, Big Mike. I've got a question for you. As a Danny Garcia enthusiast and a Terrence Crawford enthusiast, who do you pick for Crawford versus Garcia? That's an excellent question. Um, yeah, you're right. I like it. I really like both those guys. Um... Wow. At one forty, I will go. I will go with Crawford. I will go with Crawford in a very close decision. I thought this past Saturday fight was going to be close, and it wasn't. It was pretty wide. I would. I would go. I would go Crawford in a split decision over Danny Garcia. Okay. When that collision course happens, Mike, I need you to do the show with us. When that fight goes down. You got to do the show either the show to Tuesday. No, you got to do the show to Tuesday after, because that's going to be a great show. And if that fight oh. ever happens, I, I got to go to wherever that that fight's going to be. Okay, well let me ask you this. So you know, let's say, oh well, I don't know. Answer this for me first, Ryan. With Danny Garcia, Danny Garcia is not only a Heyman fighter, but he is is he a Golden Boy fighter? He is Golden Boy fighter. So he's a golden boy fighter. So while Oscar and Bob are singing Kumbaya and doing playing grab ass and all the things they're doing, it's feasible for this fight to happen. Danny Garcia's yep. title is oh, so so how does that work? Where would the fight be? Let's say they agree, okay. It would be on boom, HBO. It would be on HBO, um but you know, mm-hmm. Heyman has to kinda of give the, the go ahead. Uh and right now, you know, Heyman is, is kind of uh Steven Espinosa's best friend at the moment, and he he might not you know want to hurt that relationship because you know it, it will do him you know some good in the future. So uh, I, I, yeah, I don't I don't really think it will get made. Let's see. If they do make it, is it possible the fight could be on HBO but held in Omaha? Hmm. What has the best? No, Den- Danny Garcia is not gonna fight him in Omaha. He would not fight him in Omaha, no chance. So you think maybe Vegas or Brooklyn? Uh, yeah. Probably Vegas. Well, no, probably Brooklyn. Where Terrence Crawford's people would be, Omaha's in the middle of the country, so he'd go wherever, but 
Danny Garcia, that probably be a Brooklyn fight. I could, I could see that going. Or maybe in a, an Atlantic City fight. You know, who knows? Who knows? But uh, we shall remain. What did you think of uh, Gradovich, Big Mike versus Velez? How did you score it? You know, I scored out a draw too because. Um, you know, Velez was tagging him, and then, um, you know, the second half of the fight, Gradovich was, he was hitting him with hard shots. He And then I thought um, Gradovich was up by one going into the 12th round, and Velez, he stole, he took that last round. Um, my question today, um, my, one thing listening to the corners is that Robert Garcia never told um, Gradovich to go to the body because he was mm-hmm. always going for the head. He was hitting with head shots throughout the entire fight, not really digging into the body. I thought if Gradovich would have went to the body more, he could have um, got a, you know, um, a unanimous decision or majority decision as opposed to it being a draw. And my, my question is, do you think that Robert Garcia's fighters have plateaued with him? Because I'm looking at these big fights. Gradovich was the only one winning. Now he has another draw. Madonna lost twice. Um, Rios won by DQ. Um, I, um, have they plateaued with them? Because they they do not make adjustments throughout the fight, throughout mm-hmm. their respective fights. They, they fail to make the proper adjustments. Hold that. Don't answer that question. Let's pick up this caller. That's a good question, Mike. You are on with the ruckus. Who am I speaking to? Hey, how you doing? This is Art. Mindset champions do. What's up? How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. You know, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Terrence Crawford. Did a great job over the weekend. And um, to answer that question, you know, how did Ray Beltran get up to number two? We got to really think about this. I mean, he went uh, over to Ricky Burns' town and uh, to his country and really beat him. And, and we all know he did beat him. You know, and he came back and uh, he won his next fight. So that's how he was rated up to be number two. And, you know, Terrence Crawford, I mean, he did what he had to do. You know, he he's an amazing fighter. Terrence Crawford, he, you know, he has pop. Um, you can see, he, you know, um, one, of the, one of the times uh, Ray came in and uh, he hit him. And, uh, you know, he, he shook him up. So um, after that, you know, Ray kind of, you know, retreated. And he really didn't, you know, come in like he normally does. And because uh, he had to, he had to be careful. And so, Terrence is a defensive fighter. He's an offensive fighter. I mean, he can switch both left and right, and you know he has a good chin. So, I mean, he's just an, a great overall fighter. And I know you guys were asking who, you know, him and Garcia. I mean, they're one and one in the amateurs, and I would give the edge to Crawford, no doubt. You know, right now Crawford is really coming on strong, and fighter of the year. All right. That sounds great. Thank you, Mr. Mindset. Uh, shout us out. Give us a shout out and the info on Mindset one more time, brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm at uh, Mindset Brand, uh, and, and the slogan is Champions Do, because champions do a lot of things like work hard, persevere, uh, mindset. But the truth is, at the end of the day, champions do. All right, all right. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. So, as we wait for. Um, our next guest, guest, Mike, yes, indeed, Reed, to go back. Well, actually, hold that thought. Hang with us, big Mike, because I want to get back to that question. Uh, let me pick up uh, Mike Reed. You are now on with the ruckus. Who am I speaking to? Mike, yes, indeed, Reed. Mike, yes, indeed, Reed, coming fresh off of his victory 
Saturday night in Omaha, Nebraska, against Valenzuela. Uh, thank you for joining us. For those of you listening, of course, we're joined by top-ranked prospect Mike Yes and Dean Reed. If you'd like to call in during the show, the number is 718-508-9852. Another win to his record, still a good student, and uh, joining us here fresh off the victory, now 12-0. and So tell us, Mike, how do you feel? How do you grade your performance? Uh, you know, I, I feel I feel good about the performance. It was the biggest um, performance, you know. It was, I'm sorry, yeah, it was my biggest performance in front of my biggest crowd, you know. So I, I feel I feel like I did a decent job, you know. Mm-hmm. I got I got um got the exposure, met a lot of new fans, um, you know, met uh, Bob Aaron for the first time. So it was a good trip, and I remained undefeated. All right. Ryan Bivitt, questions for Mike, yes, indeed, Reed. Um, I don't really have questions because he, he dominated the fight. He looked really good doing it. Um, I, I honestly don't have any critiques for you. Um, when I was watching you, you kind of reminded me of James Tony back back in his day. Um, was he one of your favorite fighters? Uh, you know, I really didn't even watch James Tony like that. Um, you know, I got the old, the heavier James Tony. I I didn't get the middleweight James Tony. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got the older, you know, the the, the big James Tony. But you know, from what I see, you know, he's Ali, pretty you slick. You got the Ali move, James Tony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but like I was about to say, he, you know, he was a shorter fighter, you know, like myself. You know, he was slick, real crafty. So I can see the comparison. Um, what did you think of your opponent? I thought he was a real durable guy. Um, he came to win. You know, he came to fight. I believe. My hand speed shocked him. You know, I, I think he he wasn't expecting me to be as fast as I was, and that kind of took him off his game, and he was never really able to, um, you know, adapt to my hand speed. But I think he, he was a very, very – he was a solid opponent. You know, I can see how he how he became, you know, um, he was real solid. He took a real good body punch, a real good body punch. Um, so my head – my head goes off to him. He was a nice kid. You know, after the fight, we took a picture. You know, even at the weigh-in, once I saw him, I never knew who he was until we weighed in. You know, he shook my hand, told me good luck. So he's a real nice guy. Yeah, um, You're not supposed to be friends with the opponent. You're supposed to sucker punch him at the scale. I'm just <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work out well for him. <laughs> oh, don't listen to me because I don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, two of the scorecards were kind of close. You know, when it was announced, the decision was was um, unanimous. But I'm looking at BoxRec now, and they got it listed as a split. Was, was there a mix-up? No, no, not at all. It wasn't unanimous. Well, it was a unanimous decision. Um, you know, two of them was seventy-seven, seventy-five, and I thought that was pretty close. You know, I yeah. I didn't see the fight being you know one round from a draw. I thought he did real good in the sixth and eighth round. Um, but other than that, I thought I dominated the fight. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I'm looking at box right now. It's just listening to a split decision. Maybe they messed up because when I watched it, they, they did announce it as unanimous. So, yeah, 77-75 yeah, seemed too close. The other scorecard is 79-76. That, that seemed about right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Let me ask you this, Mike. As we look, you know, you're on the undercard of uh, Terrence Crawford versus Ray Beltran at the conclusion of the fight. Terrence Crawford says, I'm done at 135. I'm moving up to 140. You're also at 140. You also are now 
cultivating a relationship with HBO. Do you foresee the con- the con- the collision course happening in the next couple years? Um, if if both of us you know continue to win, I won't. I don't see why not. Um, you know, I, probably a year or so ago, you know, at the beginning of this year. I would always tell people, you know, I like Terrence Crawford, and I still like him. You know, I, I like him. I like the way he fights. You know, he has that dog in him, and he knows how to adapt. And I think that's what I like most about him. But, you know, if they put me in the ring with him, you know, he's he's going to be my opponent. You know, but as far as his skill set, I like him. You know, I used to always say that he was one of the prospects that I looked up to, you know, as far as fighting styles was. But now he's a world champion. Um coming to 140, so, you know, I'm ready for it if it happens, you know, and if it, don't, if it doesn't, uh, he'll still, I'll still be a fan of his. Absolutely. This was a very, very active year for you. You fought one, two, three, six times during 2014. Do you foresee yourself continuing to be that active for 2015, or will you space out your, your fights a little bit? You know, I want to be active. I want to be as active as I possibly can. And I think my team has did a wonderful job in, in getting me the right fight. And I think I've done a good job in the ring at showing them that I'm capable of handling that they give me. Um, also, with me being a southpaw, I fight a lot of conventional fighters. And I haven't got I haven't got cut. I haven't got close to cut once in a fight. So I think I do a good job at, you know, protecting my uh, – Taking my head, you know, um, because headbutts happen when you get southpaws and conventional fighters. They always happen. But I think I do, I do a real good job of moving my head and avoiding headbutts. So if I could, you know, healthy and continue to impress my team, then I would like to stay as busy as possible. Because in my opinion, there's really the only, excuse me, the biggest um, setback for a young fighter is inactivity and. I haven't even been for two whole years, and I have 12 fights. So that's put me, you know, if I don't fight again, I turn pro March of 2013. And if I don't fight again until March, that'll put me at fighting every other month, and that's still at a wonderful wonderful pace. Definitely. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, this is, you, um, you just had your first eight-rounder. Um, how long before, you, you know, you're fighting 10-rounders and 12-rounders? You know, that's my team. You know, that's my team decision. If it was me, I would I would fight a ten round, a twelve round in my next my next fight because I think I trained excellent and I didn't get tired of it. And I really get tired of sparring. You know, we we push ourselves when we when, you know in sparring we push ourselves. So I'm never really tired, and I always pride myself on not being tired. You know, if I'm going to lose a fight, I'm not going to lose a fight because I didn't prepare in the gym. I'm just going to lose because the, my opponent was simply better than me. So, um, like like I just said, if I can fight a 10-rounder my next fight, I'll fight a 10-rounder my next fight. Who are the best guys you've sparred with? <clears throat> um, I can't – the best guys i sparred with. I can't really pinpoint a name, you know, because I the, – the You can name a couple. Uh, well, you know, I sparred with Adrian Brown. You know, Adrian – Adrian, you know, Adrian, he's shop. Adrian's shop. He's strong, you know. Um, he wasn't the – he didn't hit hard, you know. Well, I'm not going to say he didn't hit hard, but he wasn't power punch-wise the strongest guy I've ever sparred. But his ability to just move you and 
have you in the position that he wants you in. I see him move 165 pounders you know, wherever he wants. So um, I think he's one of the stronger guys that I've sparred against. Uh, Lamont Peterson, skill set wise, you know, smarts in the ring. He he can set you up, you know, and traps. So I I take that from Lamont. Uh, just recently, you know, I've been sparring with Hank Lundy a lot, and Hank activity in the ring. You know, he. He he got good activity. He keep his hands moving. You know he can frustrate you by uh, getting his head torn on a lot of uh, trash. So you know those are just a couple of um, you know world champions that I aspire with that I learned from. Yeah, how you how you like um, Hank Lundy versus uh, Thomas Lorimer? Uh I think this would be a real interesting fight. Um, I think it would be a real interesting fight because if you look at Hank, Hank's shorter. You know for, to be what one thirty five. Hank's Hank's short. But Hank has long arms, you know, so I think Hank could either try to fight on the inside or if he needs to, he can move on the outside. I like Thomas a little bit, though. Um, not in this, I don't know who will win the fight, but I'm just saying I like his skill set-wise. He's good and strong. You know, he has good size for the weight class. So I'm interested, you know. Um, actually, if I can, I, I would like to make it out there to just see it because I'm a boxing fan and I just want to scout because they are around the weight class. So as we head into, let's see, Hank Lindy is going to be fighting uh, this Saturday night on the undercard. You said you will be attending, or or no? Well, I'm going to try to. Yes, I'm I'm going to try to. I have um, you know, two uh two local guys that I grew up with. Uh, they might, be, well, they are fighting on the card, so I'm going to see, uh, look into it. They have a bus trip going up. I'm going to look into it. Um. I probably will be there, but if not, I'll definitely be watching. All right. Well, when school starts, going back to school? Yep, yep, I'm I'm still in school. You know, I had class today, no days off. Um, I think school school ends next week. You know, the semester is over next week, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the end of the semester. And, um, you know, just the little winter break that we get, and I'll be back in school come January. You are a busy, busy young man. Keep up the excellent work. You know, it's a pleasure watching you develop and grow. And, you know, we look forward to seeing what the ring has to offer, what you have to offer the ring in the years to come. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I appreciate y'all having me on. You know, we always do it after the fight. Uh, Like I said, I appreciate it. One night you have to sit in, and uh, since you are a boxing fan, you'll have to sit in and co-host with us uh, one of the shows one night. Oh, yeah, we can make it happen. You know, we, we definitely can make it happen. I like talking. I like talking boxing. So we, whenever y'all need a co-host, I'll be here. Yeah, we'll probably we'll see. Maybe we'll have to have you back uh, next week when we have Hank Lundy on. That'll be a good show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll. Pretty sure we'll. Man, Hank, you know, we talk a lot of trash. Uh, it was fine, you know. So it 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 is all fine, you know. It's all fine. When I, the first time I fought him, um, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. But I'm a young dog, and I'm trying to prove something. So mm-hmm. that from there on, you know, from there on, we, we kind of developed a good relationship. And getting there, it's work, you know. It, it's still and we laugh in the rain, laugh outside the rain, but we rain, we we trying we trying to put a hurting on each other. I know what you mean, man, about Hank in his mouth. Is you see him in the gym here in Philly? He, from the moment you get in the gym, you hear him. From the moment, and as soon as you leave, you still hear him. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and 
that he he is on you know he he is on motivation. You know, he'll he'll never have a problem motivating you know because he always he likes to talk. He likes to talk and he like I said he's his own motivation. You cannot you cannot say nothing to him. Nobody can say anything to Hank and he'll still be talking. And you know that's him. <laughs> yep, you, know, yep. you know that's him. And if if hey if it works it works. You know it works it works. And I I've seen him and Adrian Brown spa. And they talk a lot in the rain, you know. And I, I just yeah. sit on the outside, and I, I laugh, you know. I laugh because both of them funny. So we've had Hank on the show a couple of times, and you know, whenever we have Hank on the show, it's something like, "Man, listen, anybody can get it from one thirty-five to one fifty-two. <laughs> anybody can get it. I go up to one sixty for the right." But I'm like, okay. But you, you know what? The funny part is. I actually think he believes that. You know, he 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 really <laughs> believes that that he can go to 160. He really is, and you know, as a fighter, we have that fighter's mentality that hey, if we have to, we have to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, Mike. You know, just in case we have some new uh, listeners listening, and uh, let them know how they can keep up with you, and uh, so they can keep track of you when you have your next fight. Um, you know, I post all of my fight information. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, yes indeed, underscore read. Uh, my Facebook, my yes indeed read. I would have to say I get on Instagram the most. You know, I get on Instagram the most. But like I said, I have a fight date. I kind of post it on all the social networks because I have a lot of different followers on all the social networks. So I like to keep, you know, team read, team yes indeed, informed of, about uh, what I'm doing in my career. Excellent. You're getting more popular, Mike. Keep them girls out your DMs now. You'll end up on Black Sports Club online. <laughs> nah, they, they ain't sliding in my DMs yet, so I'm I'm still good. <laughs> Yo, just just don't don't start going to close with Adrian Broner, please. I mean, I know you're hanging around with him now, so I, I want don't, you don't, doing don't, the nightlife. Don't spit nah, no hot nah. 16 on nothing. We don't want to see you dancing all in the video. We don't want to see nothing. Nah. Nah, I I leave that for them. You know, I leave that for them. If that's what they do, you know, that's what they do. I'm I'm more. If I go out, you know, I'm I'm gonna go out. I'd be in the cut somewhere. I enjoy myself, but I don't like to be seen that much. If I get wind of you spitting a hot sixteen on anything other than your bathroom or in your car, we gonna we gonna ether you bad. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. Hey, we we we've had fighters drop drop um beats on this show. Um, uh, Show Demetrius Andre, remember? Oh, oh, oh nah. Demetrius Andre turns oh, nah. up when he calls into the show. He calls in and he interviews us. So, you know, that's a whole <laughs> other broadcast. <laughs> nah, y'all ain't got to worry about that with me. Y'all ain't got to worry about that. All right, Mike. Thanks for calling in. Keep up the good work. Keep working hard, okay? All right, no problem. Thanks for having me once again. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, if it's after the next fight or if I, you know, come and be a close, which I, you know, is always a pleasure. All right. Take care. Mm. Uh, yeah, I do the same. All right. For those of you who are tuning in, of course, that was uh, Mike Yes Indeed Reed, top ranked prospect, who is now 12 and 0, 12 and 0, uh, with record rapidly growing at the. Uh, Junior welterweight division, a good guy. Let's bring Big Mike back in, who has been waiting patiently. Big Mike, what did you think of Mike Reed's performance? What's your take on Mike? Yes, indeed, Reed. 
Um, I didn't I didn't even get to, to see that particular fight, but I've seen previous fights. It's a good prospect. Um, you know, just wish for you know good fortune for him in the future and um to have him keep banging away like you like you said, Brian, to be hanging out with Andrew Bruno and stuff like that. So I'm I'm definitely definitely looking forward to watching his his future fights and and seeing him getting back to the ring as soon as possible. So bringing us back now to uh, your Robert Garcia question, are his fighters starting to uh, reach their uh, – I'm sorry, give us your question again. For those who are just tuning again, uh, you posed the question, are Robert Garcia's fighters starting Plat- to – To plateau because – um, Right, because they um, – Madonna failed to make adjustments. He asked Floyd Mayweather, but still failed to make adjustments. Rios, when he fought um, Diego Chavez, didn't make uh, um, make adjustments. Radovich didn't go to the body at all, and, and Robert Garcia didn't tell him to go to the body. He was headhunting all night. So if my question is, if his fighters are failing to make adjustments, are they starting to plateau with Robert Garcia? And everyone thinks he's a, you know, he's a great trainer. Um, he's, a, he's a very good trainer. They're not making adjust in these in-fight adjustments for them to be winning fights. So my question is, are they starting to plateau with them? And then you know what happened with Rubio? He just got washed. So uh, that, that's my question. Ryan, go ahead, and then I'll give you my two cents. Um, you know, I think Robert Garcia is, you know, kind of set in the way that he instructs fighters and um I, I just don't think they they're told to, to fight any other kind of way. So, you know, once once he, you know, figures out a good, you know, uh strategy for him and that's that's the strategy. There there's no plan B. I think that it's kind of hard to gauge based on the majority of his current stable because they came into his tutelage at a the latter part of their career, not in the winters of their career, but after they had already had their fundamentals grown by someone else. So it's kind of that whole mm-hmm. teach a old dog new tricks kind of thing. I think the best way to see if his fighters have plateaued, you'd have to look at fighters he grew, legitimately grew, like Mikey Garcia if we could ever get him in the ring again. Do, does he have any other fighters in his stable that he grew? Or or we'd have to look at the guys who he has in the gym now who are young and watch their development over the next couple of years. Because it's kind of hard to gauge um, a trainer's repertoire based on fighters that came to them after they fought 20 times with another coach. You know, it's kind of like the thing with Miguel Cotto and Freddie Roach. You know, everyone wants to wave the flag and beat the drum that Freddie Roach is just the greatest thing next to sliced bread because of Miguel Cotto mm. is smiling more these days. Miguel Cotto was already a talented fighter. And, you know, weight up, weight down, you know, he's happier these days. Can we attribute that to Freddie Roach teaching him something new? Not necessarily. How is he winning his fights? signature punch that he won other fights, left hook to the body. So we can't really say, oh, Freddie Roach is that great because Miguel Cotto is winning. Miguel Cotto was already a winner. And it's the same thing with Robert Garcia. In order to really gauge the plateau factor of the people in his stable, we would have to watch people he's grown. Now, if we get a guy that he grew and they were winning fights against tomato cans, and then when they take the next step to the elite level and they're still doing the same 
sophomoric things they're doing against the tomato can, then you can say, okay, yeah, he can only teach them to a certain point. But, you know, Bradovich, Maidana, uh, even uh, uh, Pavlik was in their gym. I mean, you can't really gauge based on that because he didn't teach them for very long. You know, it's just kind of like me going to a different trainer. They might show me some some techniques, but my fundamentals would have come from somewhere else. So that's my thought on the um, – all the the people who Robert Garcia has in his current stable. Of the people in his current stable, that actually fight. Who? Who? who, who okay, so we got Gradovich. I mean, Mikey Garcia, mm, he ain't fighting. We got uh, Mike Donna. Mm, he, we don't even know if he's going to fight because he wanted to retire after the first Mayweather fight, came back and said again he wanted to retire after that Mayweather fight. He got the nice check. So maybe he want to retire. Um, what's his name? Uh, who else is uh, Garcia? Brandon Rios. Brandon Rios. It's fighting Alvarado in January. Again. So, I mean, I don't want Rios taking all that punishment again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just ridiculous at this point for him and Alvarado. He needs checks. He needs fights. The fans love it, whatever. And then you have um, the one that just got washed by uh, Golovkin. What's his name? Marco Antonio Rubio. Rubio. I mean, what's he he got popping there? I think the farm now is all in bed. He's going to go through kind of a down phase, Freddie Roach, like like most trainers do. You know, you're right. He had had Donaire until recently. Lost. Oh, uh, well, no, but he wasn't with him. He wasn't with him when he lost in his last fight. Okay, so Donaire um, who's gone. Let's see, who else did he have? Wait, doesn't he have Thomas Delorme? Yes. Yeah, I think well, he just you know. has too many guys. It's like people who flock to Los Angeles because of the weather. Stop coming here. There's too many of you. You can't all go to the same trainer and expect the same level of expertise and attention. Boxing is not like basketball where you have a team. They say they have a team, but when fighters lose fights and they're in a camp, what's the first thing they say? Oh, my trainer wasn't with me, like with Mm -hmm. Freddie Roach. We know Freddie Roach is going to be with Manny Pacquiao. I mean, He's just got too many guys. I mean, if they train in his gym, that's one thing. You know, that's a business, and you want people paying dues. But to have all these guys, Robert Garcia, every time I see him, he's here, he's there, he's here, he's there. He's got to be tired, too. When does he take a vacation? He's got too many guys. There's a such thing as spreading yourself too thin, and I think that's just, you, if, when you spread yourself that thin, you can't give enough of yourself to any one thing. So it becomes kind of a piecemeal type of instruction, like a elementary school that's got 35 kids in it and one teacher. It's not going to work. You're only going to half-ass teach them. But, you know, that's just my two cents about Robert Garcia. I know that, Mike, you're very hard on Robert Garcia, Freddie Roach. Who else are you hard on? Who is it that uh, gets to be in your bonnet? In terms of trainers, those two. Because those I, think, two. I think at at points they're overrated, and I think it's sad that neither Roger Mayweather or Floyd Mayweather Senior is not one trainer of the year when he had the best fighter for over a decade. I think that's utterly ridiculous. But that's the Dan Rayfield wing of the um, you know the 
Boxers Writers Association. So that's his wing. It, it, I, I just don't understand how you have the best fighter for a decade. Neither one of them have won trainer of the year, and I think, it, I think it's sad, and I think it's pathetic, and it's utterly ridiculous. That's why I'm so hard on either um, for both Freddie Roach, who won it last year because beat Delvin Rodriguez. you got to give me a break. Come on. So, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that, that, that's, just my, that's just my two cents on that. Mike, that's a great well, point. For, for, for me, it's um, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Mayweather Sr. and Roger don't really have other fighters. Um, they, they might be starting to, to create stables now. So, in the future, they might be able to win this award. But for, like, a long time, it was just Floyd for them. So, I think you kind of have to have a, a little bit of depth. Mm. That doesn't seem very fair. That doesn't seem very fair. If you train a fighter, the fighter wins because it's the wins. Why can't you be the trainer of the year? Well, because, you know, Floyd Floyd only fights, like, what, once or twice a year. So, uh, a guy wins trainer of the year because his record was 2-0 or 1-0. Who's been the winners of trainer of the year for the last three years? Freddie Roach, Robert Garcia, and Virgil, Virgil Hunter. Hunter have and been they, all have, they all have several fighters, several world class fighters. And how many of how many of uh, Virgil's fighters are actually fighting and winning? <laughs> well, Virgil fell off, <laughs> obviously, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he can make a comeback with Miracan at the end of the year. Um, hopefully not, but because uh, <laughs> I like Devin and I want him to win this fight. But um, there's still hope for Virgil. Fighter of the year, winning fighter, I mean, winning trainer of the year is a curse. It's like when you appear on the cover of a Madden game. Every time a player appears on the cover of that Madden game, their team never gets to where they're supposed to be. I would never want to be the trainer of the year. Never, never, never. I just want my guys to win, and I live my life in anonymity. But the same thing with Robert Garcia. Robert Garcia, was he last year's trainer of the year or was Virgil? Who was the 2013 trainer? I think it was Garcia. It was Robert Garcia. Oh, it was Freddie Roach last year. Freddie Roach? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we're going to have to table that. That's a good discussion. Fighter of the year. Well, when we do our end of the year wrap-up, fighter of the year, not of the year, do all that stuff, we'll talk about that. Fighter of the year. Terrence Crawford's going to get it. But um, there's one guy that might deserve to get it, but we're not going to know until December 30th. Um, that's when um, uh, Naoa uh, Ainoa, uh, I know, uh, pronounced it actually, but um, they call him Monster. Anyway, Japanese fighter. Um, he is the WBC light flyweight champion, and he's jumping all the way up to the super flyweight division to, to fight the, the legendary Omar Narvaez who is a personal favorite of mine. And if he wins that fight, uh, I really don't see how anybody has a better argument than him. Because this kid is only 7-0 right now. He's already world champion. And he's going to completely jump over a weight class to fight the number one guy in, in uh, at 115 when he's only been fighting at 108. So, yeah. If he wins that fight, that's the fighter of the year. There you go, for that, Ryan. 
that might be logistically the correct answer, but that's not enough of a, you know. The only reason it's not going for is because they don't know these divisions. That's it. Exactly. I mean, he's already, you know, at the top of, um, you know, uh, 108. And you know he's world champion. He's he's undefeated. Only has seven fights, but uh, already been in two world title fights. He's going for his third world. T- he'll have three world title fights in this year. And if he can win all three of them, and you know two different weight classes, he'll be at the top of two different divisions. I I really don't see how you can vote in fight of the year. But um, like if if it was if it was happening in divisions that you know Americans knew about. It would he it'd be hands down him. It's just Americans don't really know these divisions because Americans are, are too fat to you know actually fight in these divisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know the time is coming. We're already in December. So we here at 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 BC need to start working on our end of the year. We'll have to do a big end of the year show. You know, Ryan, make sure you get your tuxedo out the you know out the cleaner so we can do our our end-of-the-year show, I'll make sure my evening out's ready mm-hmm. because that's what's important when you're doing a podcast. You have to, you know, stress the part. So we're going to start preparing for our end-of-the-year show pretty soon. When is it going to take place? I don't know, but we got to do one. So let us bring, I believe we have our next guest joining us. We will have four guests joining us at the same time, two fighters, one ex-fighter, one translator. We're going to have them all on. We're going to ask them a lot of questions. So let me see who this is first. You are on with the ruckus. Who am I speaking to? Hey, Deandra. Hi. Hey, I have Israel Vasquez on the line with me. Okay. Hola, Israel. Como estas? Oh, muy bien, gracias. And let me grab, we have our next guest. Let's see who this is. Hello, you're on with the record. Yes, hello. Hello, who is this? Yes, I am calling under the name of Macho Lopez. Okay, hang on the line. So we are now joined, for those of you tuning in, this is the record broadcast, the call in number 718-508-9852. We are joined by future Hall of Famer, El Magnifico Israel Vasquez and his fighter who will be fighting this week on Fox Sports One, uh, middleweight prospect Carlos Lopez. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, pleasure to have you all here this evening. And of course, uh, Nancy from Supreme Boxing will be helping us out with the translation. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Janda. And actually, I'm just going to have Jaden interpret. That way, we don't get confused on the call. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, okay thanks. Okay, so Jaden will be uh, joining us with uh, El Magnifico and also with uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Macho Lopez. We'll be talking about his uh, current, Israel's current stable of fighters. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, Carlos Lopez will be fighting this third of this uh, on the fourth on Fox Sports 1. And a little bit later in the show, we'll be joined by Oscar Godoy, who also trains with Israel Vasquez, who will be fighting on the American Devin Alexander undercard December 13th at the uh, MGM. So I'm going to start with uh, a few questions for Israel, if you could translate for us, Jaden. Um, first of all, you know, just let him know that it's an honor to have him join us. He has meant, he has added a tremendous value to the history of boxing, and it's a pleasure to have him with us tonight. Thank you. 
Okay. Uh, Israel? Sí. Give me a moment. I'm sorry. Israel? No. Sí. Sí. Este, dice aquí la señorita, pues, que es un, es un placer conocerte y tenerte ahorita en el radio. Este, ¿y qué más? Pues no, pues, eh, gracias por tomarse el tiempo de, el tomarse el tiempo de, de hacer esta entrevista y muy contento de, de todas las palabras que me dijo. He said, thank you for having him around at, at this time. Um, he said it's also a pleasure. And thank you guys for having him around and asking these questions for him. Okay. So tell, have, uh, ask Israel, how did he connect with uh, Carlos Lopez and how has their working relationship been so far? Dice la señorita que si cómo está la relación con Macho López, este, este, cómo va su entrenamiento, qué fuerte y, y, y cómo le ves. Ah, pues una, tenemos una relación muy muy buena, este, nos acoplamos muy bien en los entrenamientos. Tradúcele y te digo poco a poco para que no te olvides, Brian. Okay. Uh, he said it's it's a, it's a pleasure to work out with him. Um, it seems like they're always getting along. Uh, they, they they never really seem to have any any trouble in in which understanding of how to do the 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 work, and it, it's a pleasure. How did they first How did they first connect? How did their working relationship begin? How did he begin to train with you know someone who is headed to the Hall of Fame like Israel? Who is that question for? I'm sorry. That is for Israel, and then we'll ask uh, Carlos how he has enjoyed working with Israel thus far. Okay. Uh, dice la señorita que si cómo tú te sientes trabajando con, con Macho. Ah, muy a gusto. Este, creo que Macho es un buen peleador. Tenemos una fe muy grande en él, en que va a salir... Eh, a salir de las grandes ligas del boxeo y pues contentos de estar trabajando en su esquina. Eso said, uh, it's very comfortable working with him. Um, also, like I said before, there's no problem. That's the same thing that Eso just said a little bit about right now. Um, and and he has a good future for him. He has a uh, very good faith on him that he's going to make it to the to the to a very huge level and where. He's going to be known not only as a as a as a boxer, but also as as a good sense of humor. Uh, a question for Carlos: When he began working with with Israel, was it intimidating those those early days training with someone who's had such a a long history with boxing? Dice que cómo tú te sientes. Trabajando con Israel, este, desde el principio, desde los primeros días, ¿no, no te sentiste algo intimidado por, por su historia o, o, o algo sorprendido? No, pues, me siento muy bien, gracias a Dios. Este, cuando lo conocí al principio, sí, un poquito, pero después como pasó el tiempo y nos acoplamos uno al otro y trabajamos 100% bien. He said he was he was very surprised. He he didn't expect to get very very good along with them. Um, he feels very comfortable. 
Um, at no moment he felt intimidated, maybe just a, a bit surprised that, you know, Israel took him to, to his hands and, and invited him to, to stay with us. And, and, and also he, it's very enjoyable for him to, to, to have this lifestyle going on with Israel and, and, mm-hmm. and others, um, and it's, it's a great thing for him. For Carlos, as he's been working with Israel, what improvements has he noticed to his, his fighting style? when he enters the race. Que que ha sido tu tu uh, tu tu progreso sobre tu boxeo como como va a ser con tu plan de, de boxeo esta vez. No pues esta vez estamos super mejor que que la la pelea pasada, este estamos más condición, más mejor físicamente, mentalmente. Estaremos al 110% mejor que las últimas veces para esta pelea. He said we will be better active, more explosive. He's ready physically and mentally. And he, we're going to be at 110% at this time. And he feels at 120, but he just wants to prove 110 since it's too much. If he does prove the 120, it's too much for the crowd. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yes, you will be feeling at 110%. Um, and we're going out loud, and we're going to show what we got to the crowd and, you know, do what we do best. Uh, and a question for Israel. As he watches his young prospect develop and begin his career, does he have any flashes that remind him of any of the greats of the past? I'm sorry. I didn't hear the first part. Can you repeat that, please? Sure, no problem. As Israel watches his prospect develop and come into his own style, does he have a like a signature punch that reminds Israel of a fighter he's seen in the past? Israel, este, dice aquí la señorita que en, en, los, en los propuestos que le has ponido al, al macho sobre el entrenamiento, ¿tú no, no te recuerdas de un golpe de que te recordía a ti de cuando tú cargabas y tú, tú, tú dabas lo tuyo? que si te recuerda macho a un estilo parecido más o menos. No, eh, eh, macho tiene su propio estilo. Este, no quiero, pues, sería bueno, ¿verdad? Pero no quiero lograr que sea un Israel Vázquez, quiero lograr que sea un Carlos Macho López, que tenga la mejor habilidad con la experiencia que le estamos transmitiendo. Es usted there is no way that he reminds me that he reminds him of uh, of of an Israel Vasquez. Absolutely, he wants him to become his own his own priority, his own person, his own uh, create his own Carlos Macho Lopez. And I mean, it would it would be a good thing for him to have a, a a bit of a signature of Israel. But yet, I mean, he's his own person. It's his own style, and we're just working with it. Uh, for for Carlos. My co-host here, he is also Macho. He is Ryan Macho Vivis. How did uh, Carlos oh, give the nickname Macho? What was that? I'm sorry. Uh, my co-host, his nickname in the ring is also Macho. How did he get his nickname Macho in the ring? Que si como tú agarras el nombre Macho en el cuadrilátero, ella también tiene un familiar que se llama Macho. ¿Cómo tú lo agarras? Bueno, pues desde pequeño me crié entre familia, entre familia que todas las mujeres y como yo era un único varón pues ahí fue que me bautizaron como macho y desde ahí me quedé como macho hasta el sol de hoy 
he said he had a just all his ancestors were just sisters at the time at the moment and so I guess the game the, the name Macho just came out of nowhere um in 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 uh in a boxing gym and so that's where it all came from since his all friends were calling him that he was the only boy in the family as he heads into this fight on December 4th, what does he know? Does Carlos know anything about his opponent, and how is he feeling? You know, he said he's going to be 110% going into the fight. Is there anything specific that he's worked on through his observations of his opponent? ¿Cómo tú te sientes? ¿En, en, en, qué, ¿En qué plan vas con esta pelea? Si sabes algo de tu peleador, este. Un, un defecto, lo que tú pienses, ¿cómo tú la verías? Pues yo la vería que vamos a ir con todo, a ganar todos los asaltos. Este, no sé mucho de él, sé que le gusta contraatacar, le gusta bocear, pero estamos 100% preparados para lo que él tenga y si él no viene bien preparado, pues el primero o el segundo, pues se va a poner nocaute. Uh, but no matter what round it is, we're going to come out strong. Um, and, and if he's not ready, I mean, we're going to either knock him out in the first or the second, either or. And, uh, one more question for Israel before we uh, welcome our, our next guest. When he was still, well, my last question anyway, Ryan may have some questions for Israel. Um, how, how, how meaningful has it been to his his career so far to to watch these young guys and develop these young guys? You know, have him talk a little bit about you know how much the training aspect of his career has meant to him. Okay, Israel, este, sí. ¿cómo tú te sientes entrenando a, a los menores ahora que tú ya hiciste lo que tú hiciste dejaste dejaste tu 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 corazón en en el cuadrilátero ¿Cómo tú te sientes entrenando a los menores ahora que, que los ves tú? Este, ahora como carrera, como entrenador, ¿cómo, cómo, ¿cómo tú responderías a eso ahora que tienes otra nueva carrera y, y vas por delante y, y, y no hay un, un, un paro? Uh, pues justamente es ese reto que siempre tuve, ahora no como, ahora no como peleador, sino como entrenador. Quiero lograr ser uno de los mejores entrenadores eh, después de Freddy, Robert, Joel, Nacho Verstein, eh, porque eh, al igual que el boxeo me enseñó a, a, a hacer todos los retos y, y tomo este reto como algo personal donde yo tengo que mostrar al mundo que soy capaz no solo de boxear sino también de enseñar a la gente y luego pues, también de otras muchas cosas que, que tengo en mente. He said it's a pleasure training these these youngsters. Um, as a one upon a time, he he did do it as a fighter. Not only that he wants to do it as a fighter, um, but also he did it as a trainer. And and now as as he goes on, he wants to take it a little bit personal for the fact that he wants to be better than Robert. He wants to be uh, better than Freddie Roach, and also Nacho Beristein. So I guess you can say we will be at a top level, or he will be on a top level. Um, and, and it's going to take some time, patiently, but yet 
we're going at it, and, and he's going to be doing what he likes to do, and, and, and that's boxing, obviously. And so as time goes on, only time can tell. Okay, well, since you, you know, since he's talking about training and he's mentioned that it's now personal, um, I'd like to ask him a question that was posed to one of our, by one of our listeners. Do you think, ask him if he thinks if a trainer inherits a fighter later, later in his career, for example, like a Miguel Cotto, Freddie Roach relationship, do you think there's, that, does he think that there's that much more a trainer can teach a fighter at that stage in their career? Dice la señora que si tú piensas, como ya lo estás tomando un poquito más personal, de que quieres hacer no solamente un entrenador regular, sino simplemente también algo más arriba de eso y quieres llegar al alcance de, de, de esos entrenadores que nombraste ahorita, este, ¿cómo tú lo ves? Uh, precisamente eso es como un reto personal. Eh, tengo no, no, es, no es una, ¿cómo se puede decir?, algo que yo tenga en contra de ellos. Sencillamente, pues, quiero llegar a nivel de ellos y si, si pudiera hacerlo hacerlo mejor, porque creo que tengo experiencia y, y sé que, que todo todo lo depende de los peleadores, pero yo confío mucho en ellos. As a personal thing, and 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 throwing it at them as coaches, but I'll, I just want to be in a top level, certain out with them. And there's no rivalry. Uh, there's there's no me being better than them in in, in a mean way. I just simply want to be at at their top level, and I know that I have the experience to do it. So why not go for it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so once again, if you're just now listening in, we are speaking with El Magnifico Israel Vasquez and his middleweight prospect, Carlos Macho Lopez, who will be fighting on Fox Sports uh, Thursday. Uh, my co-host, Ryan Bivens, uh, has a couple questions. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, this question is for Israel. Um, I wanted to know if, you know, in his pursuit of, of being one of the uh, best trainers in boxing, will that um, – be impeded by his, you know, uh, commentary uh, duties. Uh, I believe he does the uh, Golden Boy live shows for Fox Deportes. I'm sorry. Give me one moment. I'm putting in the charger. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that real quick? Just the last part. Yes. Okay. Um. Will. Will his commentary duties for you know um, what Golden Boy Live um, on Fox Deportes or anywhere else you know impede him from being one of the uh, best trainers in the world, which he wants to be? Tú como Israel, tú como comentaristas, este, más o menos de, de qué te gusta platicar un poquito de más de de, de cuando llegas. No solamente como comentarista, pero igual como entrenador, ¿tú, tú, tú te, te, qué tenías que decir de eso? Ah, bueno, mi labor como, como analista, lo tomaría así, es este precisamente eso, no tratar de sacar o, o dejar de saber a la gente el error que comete el peleador, lo que puede hacer para poder corregir ese error y pues tratar de, de, de buscarle una estrategia 
para, para ese momento en la pelea. Sin embargo, bueno, yo, yo soy un ser humano y mejor me puedo equivocar. Let me ask him, Jaden, real quick, because I, I know what Ryan is asking. Israel, lo que está preguntando Ryan es, si tú piensas que tu labor como comentarista va a afectar tu labor como entrenador. Oh, eh, no, no, de ninguna manera, porque eh, eh, prácticamente tengo todo el apoyo de la televisión, en este caso del productor, es el que se encarga de, de hacer los arreglos y incluso hicimos algo que solamente creo que, que Emmanuel Stewart lo había hecho con HBO, era comentar y uh, dar instrucciones en una esquina y yo lo hice por primera vez en español. Okay, Ryan, um, Israel says that um, he has 100% support from the television, which is Unimash Solo Boxeo, who he's working for right now, um, as a matter, and he's able to do both. Uh, having the same fighter on the card, he was the first uh, trainer, other than Emmanuel Stewart, but he was the first trainer in Spanish to be able to commentate the fight and be in the corner at the same time. This was last month for the Iron Boy show. It was live, and, and they had the cameras on him as a trainer and at the same time as, as a, you know, a commentator. And it was actually, he did a really great job at it. So he feels that he'll be able to do both. I'm sure with the workload that comes in, um, he's going to have to balance everything out. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Sorry, Jaden, I just wanted to clear that up real quick. <laughs> It is it is an honor to uh, have you joining us, uh, Israel, and we definitely look forward to seeing uh, Carlos fighting this Thursday on Fox Sports 1. So at this point, we have your other prospect, Oscar Godoy, who is waiting in the queue. So we are going to part with Carlos Lopez, and then we are going to bring on now Oscar Godoy. So uh, hang on one. Uh, muchas gracias, Carlos. Y buena suerte este viernes y tu pelear. That was my gracias, gracias. That? Muchas gracias a ti. De lado, de lado. Okay, and let me bring on Oscar Buscadoy. Hey, how's it going? You are on. How are you doing, Oscar? I'm doing great. How, how about yourself? I'm just happy to be here on the, on the show with you guys. Excellent. Uh, for those of you joining us, we are now joined by, or listening to us, we are now joined by welterweight prospect Oscar Godoy, who will be fighting on the American, um, on the American Lamont Peterson, uh, Lamont Peterson, Devin Alexander, okay. undercard that is uh, taking place December 13th uh, at the uh, MGM in Las Vegas, and you will be fighting against Yoshihiro Kamagai. A guy that we have seen very, very tough, tough opponent ahead of you. How are, how are you feeling as you head into this fight with a a, a clear tough opponent? Um, I feel great. I, I think uh, it motivates me more that I know that I'm going against a tough opponent, and uh, I already st studied a lot of his tapes. And uh, together with my coach, we we uh, formed together a very great game um, game plan, and uh, I feel like we have what it takes to um, pull off the upset um, on December 13th. And working, we you know we just spoke with uh, one of your stable mates, uh, Carlos Lopez. Tell us a little bit about 
your working relationship with uh, Israel Vasquez, you know, how did your relationship cultivate and how has it, it gone so far having him in your corner? Yeah, um, well, I met Israel at some uh, boxing fights a long time ago, and, and uh, he was a commentator, like uh, you guys were saying earlier. And uh, I met him, and I asked him for a picture and everything, and he was a really down-to-earth guy. And then um, uh, as uh, time went on, I realized that I needed to, I needed to uh, change trainers. And uh, um, together with my manager, we came and uh, asked um, Israel if he would train us, and he said, yeah, that he would be happy to train us because uh, he had already seen me fight, and uh, he he knows what uh, uh, what I need and little things that I need to work on and everything. Everything like that, and um, it's worked out very great. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I like the uh, um, the how do you call it the the like 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 how how we get along. We get along very well. And uh, like if something's wrong, I let them know. Like if something doesn't feel right or something. And then, uh, but I um, usually I mean every day is a is a a tough day because um, we're working very very hard and um. I'm just happy to be training with him because uh, he's a, he's a um, ex world champion and he has a lot of experience in the ring. And for so much time. Okay, I'm so sorry, Oscar. We lost the, we lost the last part of what you said. You got drowned out there for a second. If you could just repeat the last thing that uh, you said. Yeah, I said that because um, uh, I, I told Israel, I told him himself that, that I'm very happy to be working with him and, and very motivated because uh, I told him that there's nothing like uh, a trainer who has already been who has already been there fighting at the highest level, fighting for world title fights, fighting a uh, 12-round fight, so he has all the experience in the world. So whatever he tells me, like, I feel very confident that I'm doing the right thing, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm just happy to be working with him. Let me uh, ask a question for, for Israel. Is Israel still with us? Is that? Okay. Sí, oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, for, for Israel, um, Oscar, you Oscar is getting ready to enter into a tough uh, into a fight with a really, really tough guy that we've seen recently in the ring, and most recently with Robert Guerrero. Do you would you like Oscar to go toe to toe with him in the middle of the ring and exchange? Uh, dice que si te gustaría que yo me quedara en el medio del ring y a interca intercambiar golpes con este Kamegai, que ¿cómo ves tú? <risa> uh, hicimos un buen uh, plan de trabajo. Este, uh -huh. Yo creo que, que Oscar como peleador va a saber eh, el momento cuando tiene que cambiar golpes y cuando no. Pero vamos a, a dar una buena pelea. Confío mucho en, en Oscar confío mucho en su capacidad y creo que no dudo más bien que, que vamos a salir con esa victoria ante ese japonés duro. Yeah, he said he said that um he trusts that I know when to exchange punches and go toe to toe and when to not when to not exchange punches and go toe to toe. So he knows that he know he trusts that I know when to move around and when to slug it out. And uh, he said that he trusts in um in me very uh, a lot that he he thinks that no, actually, he said that he feels confident that we're going to come out with the victory against that tough uh, Japanese opponent. So, Oscar, you know, as you – I know that, you know, the direction and style and strategy is left to your team, and you go out and execute the plan. How much take, yeah. How much of Kamagai have you watched as you've gone through your camp to prepare for the fight with him? Um, I started uh, studying him right away. As soon as they told us about, about the fight, I saw – 
I saw a few of his fights. I saw I saw his last fight with Robert Guerrero, and then I saw about two, three other fights of of um, of him of Kamagai. And then we started him very well, and and we figured out a game plan. And, and if we stick to the game plan, I'm pretty sure that we're gonna um, come out with the victory. It's just a matter of uh, like I, like I said, just sticking to the game plan. And and um, like Israel said as well, like exchange punches when I have to exchange punches, but then uh, when I when I don't have to, I mean I I just uh, move around and, and box them, counter punch them, and and just uh, come out with the victory. So, you know, Oscar, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, we know that you're entering to this fight with Kamagai. Tell us a little bit about Oscar the person and, um, you know, yeah. well, how you got into this. Well, I'm 24 years old. I'm from Watsonville, which is uh, up uh, north, like on the coast. And um, I'm training. I've been over here training for about uh, over two months with Israel. And um, I like it over here. I mean, I started boxing when I was eight years old, thanks to um, my dad, who liked boxing a lot. He got me into boxing. My older brother also used to box, and um, but he doesn't box no more. And uh, I, I, uh, I really like boxing, and and I just, uh, I didn't see myself doing anything else besides boxing because I, that's a sport that I really, really love and I dedicate my life to, and uh, I enjoy every day, even though it's a tough day at the at the gym or or it's a tough fight. I mean, I really enjoy it because it's it's my passion. Boxing is is my passion. Okay. Uh, Ryan has a question for you. Yes. Um, hi, Oscar. Um, I wanted to know, what did you think went wrong in your last fight with Cecil McCullough? Um, I think in my last fight with Cecil McCullough, personally, I think it was uh, – I we needed to study him a little bit more because we we didn't know what we were going up against. That's, that's, um, that's the first thing that went wrong. Second thing is uh, we were we – were, we weren't really pressuring. We weren't really pressing the attack as much. Uh, like Cesar Mojala was standing in front of me the whole time. It was uh, it was um, up to me to uh, press the attack because he was already in front of me. It wasn't a matter of uh, him like uh, running around or nothing like that. It's just uh, we needed to be be more um, active in the fight. I think that's personally the the main thing that went wrong there. Um, w- would you want a similar strategy for a guy like Kamagai That's you know, it's Dangerous, you know, if you get close to him. No, I think the strategy is going to be different. Um, for common guys, is going to be uh, more of a of a box him and be fast, be fast and rely on my skills. With uh, Cecil McCullough, there was there was times that I was trying to I was trying to brawl, but then I, I didn't know how to get in. I, I was just I was just um I felt a little confused, but I felt like uh, in this fight uh, we already have a game plan. We feel like we. We already studied him. We feel we feel a lot, a lot like ten, twenty times better for for this fight than we did for last time for the last fight. You guys are gonna see a, a very different um, Oscar Godoy in this fight. Okay. Um, is the um, the distance is eight rounds? Um, do you, how do you think the distance helps the fight? You think that suits you more or him more? Do you think he's like a slow starter that kind of needs those later rounds? Um, yeah, well, originally it was going to be a ten-round fight, and um, we 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 agreed. But then uh, for some reason, I don't know why they they changed it to eight rounds. And my trainer Israel said that it was better because uh, that way, since I had, I had never been eight, I mean, excuse me, I had never been ten rounds. Um, it was better because uh, I mean I, that way I could uh, box hard the whole eight rounds and and um, without without having to worry about condition or nothing like that, you know, without having to worry about me getting tired. I think I think it, I think it uh. It um favors me that it's a eight round fight. Okay. 
So, Oscar, for uh, those who are listening to the show and they want to keep up with you and follow your career, where can they find you on social media and connected with you? Uh, yeah, on uh, Facebook, they could find me on uh, Oscar Godoy. I recently made a athlete page, and you could just go ahead and like and keep up with all my um, posts about what's going on with my career. And um, on Instagram, uh, you can find me at, at Yo Soy Godoy. That's Y O S O Y G O D O Y. And then uh, Twitter, I mean, I have a Twitter, but I don't really go on it that much. But, I mean, I'm just going to give it out there as well. It's the same as my uh, Instagram, at Yo Soy Godoy, but then it's a 831. So it's at Yo Soy Godoy 831. Okay, I'm going to give you one more random question uh, before we wrap it up. Being that you are going to fight this Thursday, how did you make it through Thanksgiving without eating everything? Uh, it was it was um it was uh actually it wasn't it wasn't that tough. I mean it was just uh it's all in the head like like everything in life. I think that everything uh it's all in your mind. If whatever you put yourself your you put your mind to, you could accomplish it. If I was like oh I'm not gonna eat I'm not gonna eat I'm not gonna eat, then at the end of the day I just tell myself I mean I'm not gonna eat, so I I just end up not eating. That I mean I ate a little bit and I ate like uh, a little bit of turkey with uh, vegetables. But I didn't really like eat like other years where I really gained like ten, twelve pounds. So in this time we took it, we took it more more mm-hmm. of a light meal. So, but yeah, like I said, it's just uh, all in the mind. That's that's what um, helped me. All uh, right. Well, you know, after fight week, you know, you have to tell the family to to get Thanksgiving re- dinner ready all over again and do it all over again. Yeah, I already uh, <laughs> I already missed my my mom's cooking and uh, and um, hopefully she will be waiting for me. With a nice little, nice, nice big meal when I get back. That's right. All right. Well, good luck. It's uh, been a pleasure. We'll be watching you. I'll be out in Vegas for the for the fight, so I'll definitely be checking you out. So good luck, and uh, I wish you well. Well, thank you so much, and it was a pleasure being here on the show, uh, speaking to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, and and Israel. An absolute honor. Thank you for joining us. Those of you who listen in, of course, you have the opportunity to win a signed glove from El Magnifico Israel Vasquez for doing the show with Thank you. Thank you very much for your time, for support to my fighters and me. Uh, have a okay. nice night. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, so we are now through. See that? We bilingual on bad culture. I better get my Rosetta Stone on. I got to get better with my Spanish. I just don't I just don't feel comfortable. I mean, I know enough. If you guys dropped me off somewhere, I would make it around okay. I just don't feel comfortable conducting an interview in Spanish. But 2015, that will change. You might turn on the rocket one night and be like, what happened to Giandra? Oh, yeah. If I wrote me. my questions out in advance, I could ask them in, in Spanish. Awesome. I wouldn't. I, I would not translate what the response was, but I could ask my questions in Spanish if I if I took the time to write them out. Muy bien, macho business. See, I didn't even know that about you, but now I know. So in the future, when we have other guests, Ryan, you heard it here. Ryan Bivens will be ask, asking his questions in Espanol. <laughs> Ryan Bivens, preguntas en español. Muy bien, macho. The other macho. El macho negro. Very, very good. So, <laughs> let us get back into the show. Or is it El Macho Moreno? May I don't know if El Macho Negro is disrespectful. Please, my Spanish speakers, help me out. I don't want to offend anybody. 
I just, you know, I went to Catholic school, to Spanish Catholic school. You know, they don't always teach you the Spanish that. They'll teach you the Spanish that's in the, in the textbook. They're not going to teach you the Spanish that's going to keep you from getting your ass kicked. So my Spanish speakers, help your girl out. Help your girl out. So we now have 24 minutes left in the show. Big Mike, Miguel Grande, are you still with us? Well, I'm still here. Big Mike. Since you have been patiently waiting with us, what do you think about that? Israel said it's personal for him. He wants to be in that top echelon of trainers. Now, see, he has guys that he's going to be legitimately growing because these are young guys who are prospects. Do you think he would have the ability to surpass Robert Garcia and a Freddie Roach? Only time will tell. The fight is most importantly, you got to win fights. Not only do you have to win fights, you have to win big fights. And um and if that happens, I don't see I don't see why not. Um, you know, um Freddie Roach, unfortunately, you know, with the Parkinson's, he's not gonna be training forever. His legacy right. has already been cemented. You know, he's gonna right. he's gonna go down as a Hall of Fame trainer regardless. So uh, Robert Garcia, he you know, you know, he's he's having his ebbs and flows right now. One year he's great. And then another year, like you said with the Madden curse, his you know his stock you know dissipates a little bit. So um, with the um, with that I, I see it. You know, if his fighters win and stay hungry and and win big fights, why well, he it could be he could go down the lines like a Nacho Berestein, but he has his fighters going to have to win. So it, it's a then he'll then then we'll talk about his legacy. But I I definitely I definitely. You know, I hope good fortune for him, and hopefully that happens for him. Well, that's excellent. We're gonna, I'm gonna check him out. Uh, I'm gonna check out. Uh, we're gonna watch on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're gonna watch. I'm gonna watch when I uh, go to Vegas next week. So I'm looking forward to. I'm anytime I can go to a fight. I mean, I, I enjoy it on TV, but when I can go to a fight, that's a whole nother stimuli that will be a, a interesting mm-hmm. thing to to watch. So. Let's now shift into looking towards the fight action that we have coming up this week since we're getting – oh, wait, no. Let's talk about – before we do that, we still have 21 minutes left in the show. Ryan Bivens, let us talk about Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora. That was the only oh fight in the card I was able to see because I was out and about in the street. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I was doing. I just know I wasn't home. So let's talk about Tyson Fury. A self-awed Tyson mm. Fury beat Derek mm. Chisora's ass. He beat his Shut ass. Shut him out. I mean, Just completely dominated I knew dominated Tyson Fury him. was, wow. I knew he was going to win, but good grief. Derek Chisora had Tyson Fury looking like just the slickest boxer in the world. I don't know what the hell. That was so confusing to me. I don't know. Yeah, Give um, it to us, Ryan. Look, Derek Chisora did much better against Tyson Fury when he was a fat piece of shit and, you know, didn't have stamina to to, to last the distance. But, you know, he, it was, oddly enough, he, he actually did go, the, you know, the full distance in that fight, um, even though, you know, he really, you know, couldn't throw punches in every round. In this fight, he just got picked apart, and eventually his corner convinced him to pull out after, I think, the 10th round. I mean, yeah, Tyson... Tyson fought a smart fight. You know, he, he had a well scout. I think his, his sparring with Eddie Chambers has really really got him slick. Um, and, you know, Chisora just, just never figure him out. But, you know, Tyson, 
is a clever fighter. You know, he he he, he bends the rules. Okay, and, and see when you're a six foot eight guy, and, and you know you you have all that body weight. If if you can you know tie your opponent up whenever they get inside and lean on them, which you know the the Klitschko's have been famous for. It is just so so difficult to beat a guy like that. I mean you know if, if the it's boxing though. I mean uh, the, the rules are more like guidelines in this sport. And um, and when you have size advantages that certain heavyweights do, um, if, if the rules aren't strictly enforced, honestly, it's, it's it's damn near impossible to beat these guys unless you're truly special. So um, Tyson Fury, you know, he's probably at the way he's fighting right now with, with you know um, the the tricks and um, you know just the the technique and everything. I don't see anybody beating him, but Klitschko. Mhm, mhm. How realistic is it that he's even going to get that, even anywhere close to that Klitschko fight? Oh, he'll get the fight. He'll get the fight probably next year. I, I would say because I think he's 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 mandatory now for Klitschko. Klitschko doesn't have to fight him, you know, anytime soon. But it's just like you know, what are Klitschko's options? Um, I, I suppose. I don't know if he's gonna fight Shannon Briggs or not. Uh, <laughs> maybe, um, he, it looks like he's gonna fight Brian Jennings. Um, looks like that's set up for 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 April, but that that's still the negotiations is still you know still uh, you know a long ways off from from being finalized. Uh, and then after that, you know, maybe later in the year he could fight he could fight um fight Fury because you know who who. I'm just trying to think of who else would be, you know, who else would be open to fight him. Um, yeah, maybe he's looking for a unification with the the new WBC champion, which we'll find out after January. That's when Wilder and Stavern will finally fight. So, yeah, but he'll probably pick between the winner of that and Fury to fight in the uh, second half of 2015. Big Mike, what did you think about Tyson Fury? Um, Ryan just alluded to everything that I wanted to say, um, you know, with the trick said, but, you know, he just put a, put a whooping on it, just totally just dominated that fight. And, you know, me as a boxer, I just want to see the, you know, I just want to see the best fight the best. So hopefully 2015, you know, Chris Gold, you know, he can fight either, you know, Stephen Wilder, winner, fight Fury, you know, for our entertainment purposes, you know, fight Briggs. Let's go, champ. <laughs> Let's go, champ. You know, for just for our evidence purposes, you know. So, um, yeah, very just it was just a total domination. You know, I didn't I didn't expect that either. I expected the fight to be close, but he just thoroughly dominated. Shannon Briggs talks so much shit, and he's been trolling Vladimir for so long now. How many rounds do you think he goes before Vladimir knocks his ass out? Because I honestly think Vladimir knocked him out cold. Okay. Four, four, four me or Mike? I say four. I say four rounds. I say four. Might be less than that if he if he really wants to put hurt. You know, it might be less than four rounds, but I'm gonna say four. Right. I I think I think Fury, you know, doesn't rush Klitschko. You know, I think mm-hmm. 
I think he, he tries to get Klitschko to walk into something. So uh, no, and no, he's, no, he's, no. He's, not, not Fury, not Fury. Shannon Briggs. Oh, oh, Shannon Briggs. Oh, Shannon, Shannon Briggs versus Black. Oh, oh I'm, I don't think Black Bear is gonna Black Tyson Fury out cold. I'm talking about Shannon Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm not. I'm not even going to entertain uh, a prediction for that fight. Um, that's just not. It's, it's not fair. <laughs> Shannon Briggs has been active. He's been a lot Look, more active than a lot I'm of not sure Shannon Briggs. I'm not sure Shannon Briggs from the '90s could be Vladimir Klitschko today. So, <laughs> um, it's you know it's 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 the teens, man. The, the '90s were, were 20 years ago. So I don't say that. I mean, you can say it, but don't say it. <laughs> oh, man, you picked a day to start listening to me. But let's go, champ. Hang in there, Shannon Briggs. Keep kissing old ladies. Keep walking old ladies across the street and kissing babies. God, we got. I want him to come back on the show. He was great. But you know, enough about. But I'm back to Tyson Fury. Our original point of discussion. That was just. What was up with the Southpaw? Should he fight it? He probably should fight it. It was smart. No, this this fight for Southpaw. Derrick main weapon in the fight was overhand right. And by fighting Southpaw, he completely took that away. So Chisora mm-hmm. pretty much had nothing. Like he, he even saw Chisora like try to throw overhand lefts, you know, and out of an orthodox stance that's just like not even remotely effective. It's, it, and he's just you know not used to throwing them. So, and I don't think uh, Chisora uh, expected it. Um, I don't think he had sparring with Southpaws. I mean, he just looked totally uh, perplexed. So yeah, credit to Tyson Fury for 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 being able to to to, to stick to the southpaw stance the whole fight because Chisora didn't know what the hell to do. And he sure didn't. Man, Chisora's corner was even baffled. We just just listening to the corner. I love the way Brits sound when they even when they mad they just sound so classy. And his corner just kept telling him, you know, where's the you know maybe give him some footwork. He had nothing. Chisora had absolutely no answer for that. Now, now see, now here, here's the interesting thing, though. If Tyson Fury fought a guy like Amir Mansoor, who is a southpaw, you know, he he, he couldn't do anything like that to kind of, uh, you know, get in his head or just just out-tactical, um, you know, out-strategize him. I mean, he could still probably outbox him, but, you know, Tyson, he, he still gets clipped. I mean, we saw uh, what... Uh, I mean, um, saw what Steve Cunningham did to him. So and Steve mm-hmm. Cunningham can't really punch. So Amir Mansoor, he lands one of those big bombs over the top, and Tyson, Tyson might not get back up. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So you know, we'll see what happened. You know, Tyson Fury, and he finally broke the curse. You know, the fight finally went. He was out of the ring on like ten months. So. Yay for him for finally getting the fight. Well, no, I think he he did have another fight. Fashion. It just wasn't it wasn't Ten uh, against ago. anybody. You know, it wasn't anybody good. No, it wasn't that long ago. Let me look it up. Because uh, there was supposed to be the David Hay, and then David Hay got you know cut himself shaving or whatever, and then there was supposed to be Chisora, and then Chisora got hurt, and they rescheduled. It was like ten months. Uh, oh, like yeah, like nine months. Um, Joey Abel, that's who he fought earlier this year. And that was a replacement for David Hay? 
No, no, I was thinking of Derek Jazor. No, Haven was like two, 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 two years ago. Um, Chisora pulled out due to injury earlier this year, and they had to reschedule it. Right, right. But at any rate, it was good to see Tyson Fury get back in the ring. I think that other guy was a replacement for. I think Joey Abel was the replacement. Oh no, yeah, for Dave. Abel, Abel Abel wasn't replaced. I don't think Abel was replaced for anybody. You know, Chisora. Yeah, the Chisora fight should have happened in the middle of this year. Abel was just after Hay had pulled out. And Tyson just hadn't been doing anything for a long time. They said, "Hey, let's let's just get him a fight against somebody," and uh, that that's what Abel was for. Just somebody to keep him busy. But at any rate, kudos to Tyson Fury. Another person I would absolutely love to have on the show because he is colorful as shit. Maybe he'll sing us some bars. You know, people like to. We need to start turning this into like a, you know. American Idol type of thing. Come and talk boxing and, you know, spin a hot 16 or sing some bars for us or whatever it is, you know, recite a poem. Whatever you want to do on the ruckus, we're here for you. Our doors and phone lines are open. 718-508-9852. The the co-feature, we should touch on that real quick because this was supposed to be the breakout performance for um, Chris Eubank Jr., and oh. it did not go. It did not go according to plan. What happened? Eubank did not have a jab. Um, he probably dropped the first five rounds of the fight. At the end of the fight, I had to draw. But Lejo Sanders outboxed him. Was, was you know just the better fundamentals. And um, when when Eubank finally you know just kind of turned up the heat and just started mauling um, his way to to landing some, you know, like, big haymakers, Saunders' chin held up. So even though he was getting clipped with these really big shots, he, you know, he, he wasn't really buckling or, you know, he it was never really close to going down. So it, his his skills won him the earlier rounds, and his chin saved him from being knocked out in the later rounds. But he did run out of gas. So, but, you know, it was it was... It was mildly entertaining. It was it was certainly a lot more entertaining than the main event because that was just awful. But um, yeah, I guess back to the drawing board for Chris Eubank. Um, Saunders, neither one of them really looked all that polished in the fight, to be honest. Uh, I, I, Saunders is mandatory for you know the winner of uh, um, um, who was that? Uh, Matt Corboff and um, Mike. Who Mike? Lee, who? What's his name? Yeah, who's who's the guy that called about fighting? Uh, uh, Andy uh, Lee. Andy Lee, yeah, Andy Lee. That's what it is. Right. So, yeah, I, I would favor. I, I think Corbaugh's going to beat Lee, and then I think Corbaugh would beat Saunders. But those are the fights that are apparently going to happen because Saunders wants to go into his mandatory fight next. So you know, we'll see. You know, uh, anything can happen in the ring. He recognized the WBA. I haven't said it during the broadcast, but I did say it on fight night. I had to get one out. I had to get a, you know, I had to get one out for you. I will make another sign next week in Vegas. I will tweet it. Be recognized. Hashtag be recognized the WBA. Yo, now, is there any any WBA fights going on this week? There's one happening in my backyard. Uh, no. What is? Um, a WBA fight. No, I'm just kidding. Let's see. Any WBA <laughs> fight happening? Uh, there's a flyweight one happening on BN Sports between Juan Francisco Estrada and 
Colbert Alvarez for Estrada WBOWBA flyweight title. Oh there yeah, but is. at least you know, at least that's a legitimate title. You know, Estrada is the he's the champion of the WBA. He's not the the bullshit champion. He's he's their actual guy. And you know, he he's, oh. he is rated at the top of his division. You know, right next to uh, Roman Gonzalez. So that that one I can respect. Okay. I don't, I don't really and respect the we, opponent though. The, the opponent is not <laughs> not a, a top ten guy at all. You know, the, the the opponent probably shouldn't be in the top forty. But hey, he, he's, he's getting the title shot, so whatever. <laughs> then we've got uh, Jurgen Bremer versus Paul Glazowski for a Bremer oh, yeah, yeah. lightweight yeah. heavyweight title. You're right. Brahm is a bullshit WBA champion. He's um I when like they, the guy. When they he's, regular, he's a top ten fighter. Regular in quotes, I know that that's some 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 mess. And let's see, any more WBA? Oh, we've got on the eleventh. Oh no, we'll just talk about this week. Um, mm-hmm. what was I going to say? I just saw something flash that I wanted to comment on. And oh, John Pascal. So Main Events releases a statement today that John Pascal is going to be the next opponent for Crusher Kovalev should he defeat Roberto Belanti. And, of course, Roberto Belanti is a last-minute replacement for uh, Donovan George, also been on the ruckus before, right after he won uh, his last fight. Don George out, Roberto Belanti in to fight John Pascal in Montreal this weekend. And should he... Should he be successful, he will be fighting Crusher Kovalev March 15th in a location TBD, most likely Atlantic City. What do you think about that, Big Mike? How oh, no, no. It's, no, it's, it's Canada. It's, the, it's still TBD, but it's going to be somewhere in Canada. Oh, they're going to fight that fight in Canada in March? Yeah. Oh, okay. Big Mike, what do you think about this new system of let's go ahead and guarantee the fight contingent upon you winning the fight before it? I, I don't. Well, definitely no. Definitely with um. I mean, previously when they did that with um, if Kovalev um beat um, I forgot who he fought to get Hopkins. I have no. I have, I have no problem. You have no problem with it. I mean, if they. I mean, if he wins, he gets he gets a shot at um. He gets a shot at Kovalev. So this is he. He better come correct and and fight and win, and, and he has a chance, you know, to be a. You know, a title holder at 175 and get three belts. I have no, I have no problem with it. It's contingent upon if you get, you know, you get a title shot if you win. I don't have a problem with that. As long, but but I do have a problem with Stevenson not fighting Kovalev. That's what I have a problem with. And you know, I right. I, I kind of gave Heyman a pass, you know, up previously, but now it's getting to a point where I'm not, I ain't doing it anymore. The best should fight the best, you know, and that's what the fans should want. And Cut the shit and let's just get to give the fans what we want. We want to see the best fighters, not you know. I want to give the fans excitement. No, fuck that. We want to see the best fights, period. And that's what and the best, the best fight. fighter one seventy five is Kovalev Stevenson. So let Kovalev, you know, this is not a stay busy fight. This, you know, because Pascal he does have power. So let's mm-hmm. you know, he and he has to stay busy. So let him, you know, this is a good fight for him if Pascal wins. And then after the Pascal, if he beats Pascal, let's just finally get the fight that everybody wants to see. Yeah, to, to me, what's interesting is uh, originally it was supposed to be Stevenson and Pascal. Right. Um, and, and then before that, you know, it was supposed to be uh, Stevenson and, and Hopkins. 
So uh, mm-hmm. Kovalev keeps swooping in and stealing all of uh, Stevenson's opponents. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Al Heyman just and uh, Team Stevenson got to feel some kind of way about that. <laughs> just think, if we got Stevenson Kovalev, this would probably be like the only weight division where we had a true champion. This would be the only weight division where we well, have undisputed. an the only undisputed, undisputed champion. champion. The only undisputed champion. That is historical in itself. He will have won. When's the last time we had a true undisputed champion in any weight class? Jermaine Taylor. Man. Wow. And not the Jermaine Taylor we know. <laughs> not not that one. Oh, yeah, this is before Jermaine Taylor had his brain scrambled. This was when he was right. still a rational, you know, uh, human being. Exactly. No, not this Jermaine Taylor we just saw. The old old Jermaine Taylor. So, wow. Let that marinate on that for a minute, listeners. That's the last time we had an undisputed champion in any weight division. Let's make this Kovalev Stevenson fight after this, just so we can have that. Man, that's oh, that's a great fight right there. That's a great fight. Um, three minutes left. This weekend's fight schedule. Let's just run through it really quick because we only have three minutes. So, as we know from our guest earlier, we've got a Fox Sports One card on the fourth, headlined by Alan Sanchez versus Ed Paredes, uh, co-feature Manuel Avila versus Jose Luis. Ariza. So that's who's headlining uh, that card from Del Mar, California. On there's a card. Six. There's a card on Wednesday, too. A card on Wednesday. Who's fighting on Wednesday? From Australia. Daniel Gill. Daniel Gill. We should send Golovkin down there to troll. No, I'm just kidding. Daniel Gill <laughs> will be fighting uh, Jared Fletcher, 12 round middleweight co feature, Carrie Foley versus Trent Broadhurst. I wish I could go down to Sydney. Great part of the country, so he'll be fighting, getting back in the ring. I think this is probably Gil's first fight since he um, got that that Molly whopping to the body from yeah. Golovkin. So yeah, also Heather Hardy's we, fighting on Broadway boxing. Oh, okay. Heather Hardy also past guest of the Ruckus, so much luck to her. And then also, we need to get back with her because she has that documentary that's coming out. You know, we need to give her some love. Also on BadCulture.net today, they released the. 2014 inductees into the Women's Boxing Hall of Fame. So if you'd like to see who's being recognized, visit backculture.net for women's boxing. I posted that today. December 6th. Wow, 92nd. David Lemieux versus Gabe Rosado. Going to be a great fight. Co-featured by Thomas DeLorme versus Hank Lundy. Hank Lundy been on the show many times. Boy, that's a good card. Tune in to yeah, James Delarosa versus Hugo Centeno. Uh, Philly stand-up uh, from Glendale, Jose Felix Jr. versus Luis Solis. I think I'm going to this card. This is one of my cards. I'm not sure yet if I can speak out the house. Uh, BM Sports got Juan Francisco Estrada versus Holbert Alvarez uh, from Montreal Integrated Sports, of course. Pascal versus Volante. Schiller Hippolyte versus Norbert Nevespati. Great name. Uh, from Germany, Wigger Brommer versus Paul Glaski, and Barack Sahin versus Jacob Gostick. Uh, from London, there have a prize fighter tournament. A lot, a lot of fights again this weekend, closing out the year strong. I'd like to thank our guest, Israel Vasquez, Carlos oh, Lopez. This is, this is Carlos Friday, I'm going to as well. 
Oh, you're going Harris. to a card in Yeah, I'm going to a card in Harris on Friday. Um, the oh. Eric Mitchell, Jared Hurd card. Excellent, excellent. Oh, and guest, a very, very special thanks to Mike Guest and Dee Reed. Mike Reed going to come back on the show. Hank Lundy wins this week. We're going to have Mike Reed and Hank Lundy on the show next week because Ryan going to So thanks for listening to The Ruckus. It's been a great show. Thank you, Big Mike. Thank you, Ryan. Of course, always a pleasure. And we'll be back next week. Thank you.